This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay in Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawira Karatai in Whakatani. Thank you, Mawira. Good to Sam. How's it going with you today? Going very well indeed. How are things going with you? Everything's good. It's a beautiful day in the city, of course, um, and it is, it's just been a really lovely weekend. Some relaxing and, and getting ready to um, maybe take everything down now that we've got COVID back again. <laughs> so it's an interesting time, really. It's a, it was a, it's a success, though. We're supposed to be getting it at the border. Yes, we are. And it has been caught. And, um, and there's a lot of negativity in the, in the media, but, that, but the systems seem to be working because we're catching everybody's got it. And that's a good thing. Indeed. And who have you for us to talk to today? Um, today, um, we are talking with Jeremy Taken, and he and I have known each other since we were very small children at a school in central Otago called Payrail. And at one time, his family, my family, and one other were the only children in the school. So I think we got down to about nine kids. It was, <laughs> it was an incredible way to grow up in an, an amazing environment that was um, massive hills covered in just catching lizards, um, hunting wild cats, eating paddocks was a great way to grow up. So Jeremy and I have known each other for um, over 40 years. Uh, and uh, thanks to social media, we've reconnected and, uh, and I'm just so stoked to be able to talk to him today. Go to Jeremy. Kia ora, Maura. It's great to be here. It's great to sp- great to see you again. Great to speak to you. Um, yeah, like it's forty years since I've heard your voice. It's it's super exciting to to be here. Well, it's neat. And where are you, Jeremy? So, uh, based now in Detroit, Michigan, in in the Midwest of the US, it's considered um, one of the hotspots of COVID. Um, although these days we're doing very very well, but certainly. Um, you know, we were second only to New York there at the beginning of the outbreak. So it's been super interesting to, to watch the goings-on here. And what do you do in Detroit? So I study full-time. I'm back at university doing uh, my BA or undergrad degree that they say here. Um, you know, when you when you come and live in the United States, you, you typically can't do anything employment-wise unless you have at least BA after your name or, or master's even. Or um, So... That's uh, we made a move here four years ago. My husband is an artist, and and um, we wanted to give him a crack at another market and and give him time and space to do that, and and that took off very quickly. So 
we've we've been very blessed and lucky to to kind of start a, a second life here and part of that for me has been going back to school when i'm studying history and and um psychology which is also pretty interesting going through this at the moment it's an interesting time on lots of fronts yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely uh in america right now um that goes without saying and and um yeah, we all wait with bated breath for what's happening in the next few months coming up to the big election. So, yeah, I, I could talk all day about that. So how has your bubble life been? Our bubble life, I mean, we're, again, very blessed. We, we live um, in, a, in a community, um, in a neighbourhood, in a, in a fairly – we have very dear friends here who we live with who have taken us in, and we've lived with them for the last four years. And uh, we live in a uh, – by New Zealand standards, a large house and, and, you know, we, we have a backyard and we have a neighborhood that is pretty free of traffic. So um, the house is big enough for the four of us that we can all be separate. You know, we're, we're um, privileged enough to have stable internet, plenty of um, devices to use that internet with plenty of spaces to be separate from each other, but yet we can go and take the dog for a walk around the neighborhood and easily be socially distant. The neighborhood um, it's quite small, and neighbours have been very good about, you know, crossing the road without any questions and, and staying away from each other. We, we have good friends who uh, tested positive, went through COVID, and, and they sort of kept themselves inside for, for a month. Uh, we have neighbours behind us who, who have a, an immunocompromised elderly part of their family. So those people that we would normally see regularly socially, it's, it's um, kind of over the fence waving and... and Sometimes a wine in the backyard, but very, very separated. But things are starting to ease up here. I mean, we, you know, Gretchen Whitmer, our governor, is um, kind of modelled her plan on the COVID response a, a little bit on Jacinda, actually. And and when she went hard and fast very early, and much to uh, the chagrin of of conservatives in Michigan, um, she received a lot of flack in the media, and in fact. Um, you may have seen on your news there, uh, there was right-wing protesters with uh, semi-automatic rifles who stormed her government building uh, in protest, and that was, you know, six weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's, it's been quite surreal at times, but she stood her ground and, and been a very strong leader, and, and certainly what was one of the worst states in the country has now become one of the leaders in, in fighting the curve. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have... The Dixie Chicks. Who are we having from the Dixie Chicks? Uh, this is not ready to make nice. This is a, a a song they did uh, during the Gulf War, and they got in trouble for this. I love this. I love every word of this song. And I'll keep paying 
So how's the studying going in lockdown? It's uh, it's actually, you know, I've been really thankful. It's weird. I know for you at uh, nine o'clock in the morning, me drinking uh, a glass of Sauvignon Blanc, but it is Grove Mill from New Zealand, so uh, I'm allowed. Um, <laughs> it's been good to have something to do, put it that way. It, um, so Wayne State University that I go to is a central city university, massively diverse, state, you know, state uh, funded, but not very well public university and they did a pretty good job the president of wayne state university is actually an epidemiologist so he was monitoring what was happening quite early and um i actually am doing a a, um, a research project right now looking at the transition the school took going to online i was in new zealand for spring break and the school extended spring break by a week and in that week they managed to turn the entire university into an online learning environment. There's been some um, been some criticism about how it was run and the communication and the lack of some technical ability from faculty. And also in Detroit, you know, we work with serious deficiencies in internet um, availability and also indigent communities that socioeconomically just, you know, families of six and two bedroom apartments with maybe one device and spotty internet and you've got four kids at school. There's been some real challenges in Detroit. For me, like I said, stable internet, plenty of devices. My biggest concern was just getting used to online. The school uses big blue button like we're using today or Zoom. And it just depended on the style of class you were doing. I was doing a language class, a Japanese class last semester, and we would blink big blue button classes with 25 of us in conference. And it was hilarious. It was great fun and it was a great learning environment. And then some of my classes were purely asynchronous. So, you know, I would watch a recorded lecture for an hour and then, you know, do the reading and do online exams. It's been a big adjustment for everyone. But, you know, like I said, I've, I've kind of had the best of that. So, um, you know, if it was difficult for me at times, I, I just, you know, it's horrific to think about how difficult it's been for some. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mahi aroha nui kia koutou koutou ho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved bubbles. And I'm speaking to you from a moving royal pearl, Toyota Wish, beautiful people carrier, my navy blue dream, my beautiful, beautiful car, I'm so lucky. And I've just dropped off many many orders nearly a hundred boxed up bird feeders that Harvey and I have been boxing up over the weekend and here I am in the hustle and bustle of icy orty porty Stuneden surrounded by other beautiful human animals going on their own adventures and it's a really interesting feeling of course like all we experience because here we are we're back in level one hustle and bustle universe and so for me it's really interesting because there's part of me that is really looking forward to having my time today connecting with my beautiful home and having that quiet time going within doing my exercise all my self-care routine 
but there's another part of me that is really loving being back into this very exciting multi-level accomplishment reward system based universe and as I head back towards my beautiful mansion pick up a Kiwi costume and bird ID sheets I will then head out to beautiful Orokinui Eco Sanctuary for my first school group coming back to me which is so exciting so it's wonderful for me to have returned to all of these aspects of my life that I really really love and I'm doing my best to remember all the great learnings that were there for us all in beautiful lockdown and I'm doing my best to continue to tune in to that sense of appreciation and stillness and peace that I found during that time at home and of course is within us all at all times so over this weekend Harvey Penfold my beautiful partner and I have been very grateful to have some amazing support from people all over New Zealand wanting to feed native birds and we've spent all weekend boxing up many many beautiful peka peka bird feeders that we invented and that we make as our business and as we all know beautiful Harvey Penfold has many fine qualities and expresses himself in a number of ways and verbally is not at the top of that list so we did have some conversations this weekend which was very exciting and we talked about how neither of us had ever expected to get into business and when we thought about business when we'd been growing up it always seemed exploitative or the person the people that were running the business seemed detached from the people who were working in the business and it had all these connotations of hierarchy and wearing suits and you know all these very stereotypical perceptions that we had around us we had been conditioned with as we were growing up and of course what we recognized over this weekend is that business like everything that we do as human animals on an interpersonal level on a small scale interpersonal level is about cooperation and Harvey and I have very different ways of going about things we've been conditioned very very differently we perceive some aspects of the world quite differently but we are able to cooperate which is a wonderful thing because we share a vision and we want to really help all our native birds we want to use our creative energy to serve the real world the natural world the living world we want to be able to begin the infinity baby project at some stage and be able to support the infinity babies so all of these things unite us and we talked about this and we talked about cooperation and I said what did cooperation mean to him and he echoed a lot of my own thoughts which was very gratifying for me about how as a species of animal we are only here because of cooperation and how there's been a lot of very unfortunate misleading representations of evolution as a, a being through the medium of competition but we know now and I'm so grateful for all this latest research that of course competition is not part of it it is a cooperation based process and of course it is and I think at our really all life we see this 
all interchange, all exchange of all life, of all resources and energy is based on cooperation. And so that was lovely for me to hear that from him. And not only that, but that in terms of cooperation, communication is very important. And I think we can all acknowledge this. And what I wanted to share is that it's so important to know that we're all different. We're all very different. We've been conditioned very differently. We have different consciousness. And to bear that in mind when we're trying to cooperate, to be grateful for the opportunity to cooperate and do things together, and to be kind to each other in that process of cooperation. And with all these things, understanding that cooperation is our true nature, communicating clearly with one another, empathizing with one another, being kind, acknowledging our differences and our beautiful biodiversity in action, our different conditionings that we've experienced. And of course, really enjoying the creative energy that comes from cooperation and open cooperation. We were being invited to really share those best parts of ourselves and that joy of being united by a vision for the future together. So thank you so much for having me today and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. The communities across the, the states doing it hard on a number of fronts. Is it a perfect storm? Um, yeah, it seems like that, doesn't it? The yeah, <laughs> uh, where do I start with that? Um, Four hundred years of of oppression with the wrong kind of leadership that the world needs right now, along with a whole lot of you know um, violence from from public services against oppressed communities, and then a and then a um, a pandemic that locked everyone inside with, you know, arguably sometimes abusers and, and you know, people who have drug and alcohol problems. I remember um, we work fairly, fairly um, regularly here fundraising for um, our, our liberal um, or democratic senator, Gary Peters. And um, we, we were speaking to Gary a, a week into this and he... We questioned him about I said I said to him that I'm concerned about the mental health of people and the ability of people to stay isolated in their own homes or apartments or wherever they were like humans are not designed to do this we're we're, you know we're social animals we and in America there's this fierce preservation of freedom and your and your you know your self freedom and he said even a weekend that they were prepared for that they were um, prepared that people would rebel prepared that people would revolt uh, if it went on too long. And and it, it, it happened a little earlier than I thought. Um, you know, so it, it just two or three weeks in, people were protesting and, and you know, you're taking away our liberties. And then, yeah, the, the, this whole fake news kind of uh, propaganda that allows people just to blindly claim that something doesn't exist because of their own beliefs it's really a bit out of control. And yeah, Sam, I think you're right. I think what's happening at the moment is a, a true perfect storm and um, none of us can tell where it's going. We just need to stay safe and, and be educated and, and 
um, do the best we can to to kind of be good citizens and to support people who need it. It's it's been very difficult to be someone who who's you know this is not my story. Um, you know, African American oppression is not my story. You know, we have our own story in New Zealand, and and while there are similarities, um, America is really protracted. Uh, and, and it, you know, the, it, it's it's deeper. It's it's more harshly rooted. It's it's it, it's still it's still denied. It's still ongoing, and it, it's been really difficult to to be the best ally I can. It takes a lot of learning and education to kind of feel confident to talk about it with you know African American friends and you know and and just anyone. So yeah, I think you're right, Sam. I think Perfect Storm would be a good way to to describe this and and. Again, like I said, we wait with bated breath to see what happens. I lived in Nebraska for a year, and <laughs> almost all of our friends were Republican. And they, were, they, were, they had beliefs which, which I found abhorrent, but they were perfectly nice people. <laughs> and it was, it was almost more challenging because they were nice people. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a, everything this person says is wrong. It's just these, these things that, that, I, that, that we, we disagree with. Do you get a feeling of... A, 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 a total split that they that they're not talking to each other that the sort of the, the let's say two sides <clears throat> yeah um it's getting that way i mean when you see nancy pelosi the speaker of the house rip up the speech of the president behind his head after the state of the union address you, you know they're not getting on um i i do i i have Faith that that the senators and the and the um, House of Representatives that 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 they are talking to each other. I know that they you know have relationships with across the aisle, but it's this cult of personality that is pitting one side against the other. And I mean, you you all see it on social media now. I, I see it all the time here with American friends. You know, if you if you support if you support Republicans, then defriend me. Like I'm not even willing to talk to you about it. I get it because the, the the person who is the the cult is someone who has no interest in in bringing people together and and again part of that perfect storm there is leadership in this country that is just the 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 epitome of wrong at a wrong time. I, I can't speak more strongly about the fact that it is not about um, the Republicans' beliefs in this country. It is about the, the person leading them being a despicable human being. And, and, you know, I'm not sure if you want me to talk about that from my perspective, but um, if you, you strip everything away, he, he's just not a nice person. And um, I just don't know how else to say that any stronger. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, bubble people. It's Liesl here. Hope you're having a great day and uh, it's lovely to be here with you again. This is an amazing um, series, I think. Like, we started in lockdown and obviously that was serving a particular purpose. Um, but it's quite exciting that we've continued to kind of evolve over the course of the lockdown levels, but also... Um, hopefully offering something uh, sort of in a evolving way as well, I guess. So hopefully this continues to be um, helpful for you. 
I enjoy it. I really like the fact that I get this chance to have a little chat with um, pretend people. <laughs> I know you're real. I know you're real. But for me, it's sort of uh, weirdly talking to um, to my. I guess I imagine the people that are listening. So I'm imagining you, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know who's listening to this, but I'm imagining um, a really nice, a nice collection of people, actually. So um, that's what I imagine as I'm talking in my kind of conversation, which is uh, me talking. Yes, uh, something that I seem to be able to do quite well all by myself. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a skill or not, but I think if it is, uh, I have it. I, I can talk by myself with no... Uh, Kind of feedback which is quite um, concerning maybe <laughs> but uh, no I do enjoy being able to just share some of my thoughts with you and I appreciate you being a listener or um, yeah being a participant in the sense that you tune in you're, uh, you're part of our audience that encourages us to keep providing some kind of information so it's um it's a really nice sort of uh, relationship actually there. So I was, I was, I've just been doing some um, spring cleaning. So I actually thought I'd talk a little bit about what spring cleaning, well not spring cleaning, it was really just getting some things organised that had been sitting there since lockdown and um, actually cleaning up some of the stuff in my life that I'd sort of put in the corner and gone, oh I don't really need to take care of that until I really do need to take care of that. So. I uh, decided that this, um, the last couple of days was, was the time frame for me to do that. And it's really interesting how cleaning up your physical space really affects your mental space. I don't know if you've noticed this before, but when um, things are all a bit cluttered and not organized and maybe um, you, know, you don't know where things are, or even if things are vaguely organised, but you've got lots of stuff and there's stuff like my kind of um, things that I needed to take to the, the uh, op shop, I needed to take to the recycling, and I just needed to clean up a whole lot of things that were sitting there in bags waiting to go somewhere. So I know that once I've gotten rid of that stuff and I've actually like you know put it in its appropriate place the recycling bin for example that my head starts to settle down and it's just little things like at the moment I don't have a chest of drawers that's something that I haven't been able to organize yet because again I moved in just before lockdown and I didn't have a chest of drawers so I've sort of been improvising with my um, with my things that need to go into a, a set of drawers and because I don't have a good system at the moment, because it's sort of an ad hoc system, my, um, my drawers essentially are really unorganised. And it's taking me longer in the morning to sort of get myself ready, get dressed, get dressed, <laughs> because my socks aren't sort of in pairs, my, my, my t-shirts aren't sort of folded, so I can't find things necessarily as quickly. Um, as I normally would and it's just those little things that actually really change up how you feel about your day you don't get frustrated when you're looking for things and it's first thing in the morning and that kicks you off for the day but also just coming into a house that feels organized cared for there's not lots of stuff everywhere that you're having to sort of 
um, move to sit down or clearing space to eat at the table or whatever. You've actually just got things sort of set up for their purpose and you're not having to navigate what's there, the mess, let's just say, before you can use it for its purpose. So those have been my thoughts. Um, I'm really feeling good about changing up my space with a bit of uh, thoughtful cleanup. Yeah, I'll leave that with you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and we'll catch up soon. Take care. It's, um, you know, we live in New Zealand and racism is an issue here. It's an unbelievable reality of living um, in a country that's been colonised, I suppose. Um, but no matter how hard it is here, I look at what's happening there and it is off the chart what's happening there. It's it's absolutely heartbreaking, and and the this what I struggle with is um, staying apprised of what's happening. So staying educated by watching news, and and sure we watch liberal news in this house, um, um, but we we also keep abreast of what's happening in conservative news because you you have to know what the other side is is saying about the same thing. It's incredible when you know when there's a protest or something, and and the liberal media is is showing one thing and then you go across the conservative media and they're talking about, you know, something completely different. Um, they're not even covering that, that innocent bystanders are getting tear gassed or the press are being arrested and, and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, I mean, that, that's the thing that's really driving this country apart. And, but then the balance is like, so staying educated and staying abreast of that, but then, you know, I have my own mental health to think about. So, you know, when, when I am just, gutted and disappointed and really upset and and just aghast of what's happening and just feeling just sadness for humanity you know you have to turn the news off you have to go and do something else but then when you do that it's like i don't want to miss what's happening here like this is a a, a huge part of history this is you know arguably i'm i'm going to be hyperbolic but arguably the most important election for, for the planet this year in America. We just, we just don't know what will happen. I, I don't think it's hyperbolic. I think it's, I think it's actually reality. And people in New Zealand don't understand Maura. When I was home, uh, you know, it's okay to watch it all on TV and it's okay to understand, you know, in New Zealand, we're very blessed with a great education system where we learn, you know, I remember in high school learning American history, learning about civil rights. Americans don't learn anything you know, outside of America because they don't need to. Like, it's a big country. They have everything they need right here. And so, and they're always constantly surprised when they hear that I know about the American Civil War. I know about, knew about that before I even got here. But since I have been in school, you know, I have studied um, American politics. I have studied feminism here. I've, I've, you know, studied civil rights. And we don't get it because it, it is different to what we face at home. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it is... Um, you know, lot, there, there could be a lot more done in New Zealand too, but nothing is getting done here. At least in New Zealand, we, we, we have a conversation about it. You know, we, we just don't hear. And that's what this is about right now. The, the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment, the, you know, the, the police brutality movement is, is about trying to just start a conversation, for goodness sake. Um, it's interesting. I, I look at the conversations that, well, I look at what's happening in the media and what, it feels like is missing me is where are where's the where is the voice of that of the indigenous people in that land? Like there's the there's the Black Lives Matter and then there's this really strong white we are in control and 
and, and we're the boss of this and then there's no indigenous voice it must be so weird for them for for uh, native americans you mean for, yeah. for first nation people and native americans yeah absolutely and actually in michigan there's a really high number of what you would consider white people who who have native american backgrounds michigan you know i have a lot of professors who are michiganders and and they can talk about their their indigenous past and uh, i have a wonderful professor from uh, the school i went to previous to wayne state who you know can can talk about this for hours and yeah you're right but this this should be part of any conversation moving forward. Black Lives Matter, you know, that it, it's about intersectionality now, right? It's about gay rights, feminist rights, like Native Americans, African Americans. We all need to pull together right now and, and make this happen. I mean, the, the Supreme Court here had some amazing decisions this week on LGBTQ rights and transgender rights, which was a slap in the face. Um, you know, considering that that their court is now stacked as a conservative Supreme Court. And this is the other thing that people don't understand about America. I think this is one of the one of the biggest and most fundamental things that people in New Zealand and other countries don't understand about America. It is a very unique system of government. So the judiciary or the Supreme Court, they are the law of the land. They're, they're the ones with power. And so what's happening is the leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, uh, his job is just to stack the courts in this country with conservative justices. Um, and that is what will set this country up to be a conservative, white-run, white-powered country for generations to come. And what people in, in New Zealand don't understand is that it's not about who is the president. It's not about who's in control of the Senate. It's about how the courts are stacked. And not just the Supreme Court. You're looking at appellate court, which is the, the the appeals court below that, and even state court. So all Mitch McConnell is doing in the background is stacking the courts with conservative justices. And they're lifelong appointments. They're not five years. They're not 10 years. They're lifelong appointments. And so we joke, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is, you know, arguably the most liberal and, and kind of powerful <laughs> liberal uh, Supreme Justice, is you know in her nineties and 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 then out of hospital and you know we we, we joke about you know someone needs to be wrapping her up in bubble wrap and like you know pre preserving her and keeping her she should have twenty four hour surveillance all that sort of stuff you you know but but Mitch McConnell wouldn't care if she if she had to step down from her job or left her job a day before the new Senate takes over in January um, he would have a, a Supreme Court justice on that court. Um, and, and that would be 6-3 conservative to liberal on the Supreme Court. And it would it would keep this country the way it is, no matter who was running the administration. No matter if you had a, another black man as president, no matter if you had a liberal woman as president, they can't do anything without or with a stacked court. And it makes it the money of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg achieved in her, over the course of her life. She, oh, yeah. she blew me away. Um, what what she did and her determination makes things unfair, and it, it makes a mockery of that. And I, I I'm offended by that. Yeah, um, I am too. <laughs> I you know uh, amazing movie on basis of sex that that you know if if anyone wants to watch it gives you a really good rundown of where she came from and what she did for this country and what she continues to do for this country. And um and we we just laugh. We're like, can can we just let rbg like retire can we just like can we can we get a democratic president 
but but okay so here's the scary thing there's all these all these scenarios playing out here right now so even if you get a uh, democratic president so you have a democratic administration and and rbg steps down and retires like she so absolutely should but the republicans still control the senate then we know now that mitch mcconnell has no shame in standing up and saying, I won't let that happen. You're not getting, he, he could just, he could just stall for four years. He could stall for eight years if he wanted to. He is the man controlling the marionettes right now. He is the man holding the power. So RBG steps down, a democratic president, say it's Biden for, you know, for, for, you know, for, for interest sake. And, and, and maybe he goes back to Merrick Garland, who Obama, um, um, nominated for it. He goes back to Merrick Garland, who is a, an absolute centrist. You know, Mitch McConnell would just, in the interests of of splitting this nation and keeping this nation split, I, I, I just think he would block it. I just think he wouldn't allow it. That's their goal. Their goal. And the, and the thing about the thing about Republicans and the thing about conservatives is that they, they have they have this thing that they can rally around. They have this 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 right wing belief that they can rally around. Whereas those of us on the left kind of have a whole lot of issues that we're rallying around. You know, we, we, you know, my rights as a, you know, for LGBTQ rights and, and my friends, like I said before, the intersectionality of all these things that we rally around, but we, we just have this kind of like apathy about really getting stuck in together. And that's what the right does so well. It's very easy for them to rally around something big. And in this country, white people losing control of what they can to be their life and their society and their world is 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 very intersectional for them. I mean, that just covers everything for them. It's scary to watch. They rally. It seems to me that they rally around to protect their power. So they're like a single issue maintaining power, whereas on it's a fractured trying to support everything because there's so many things that need supporting. It's That's absolutely it's, right. So it's split and divided as if fighting so many fires, and um, yeah. and it must be, it must be frustrating to be there and see that the progress isn't happening as it should. What I see on the right is is fear. That's all I see: fear and um and and shame. You know, I, I was talking to someone the other day about um this the 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 overt racism that we're seeing in this country right now. You know, when you when you see white men not wearing masks in the middle of a pandemic, screaming in the face of policemen while they have their AR-15s on display and then storming a government building and nothing being done to them. And you see um, protesters protesting against police brutality for Black Lives Matter in a purely peaceful environment, but getting tear gassed and, and you know. And so, so what I was saying was that those people that have those beliefs or those fears about losing their world and this this right-wing kind of, belief they they have a voice right now these people have a voice and i truly believe that they know that they i, I truly believe they know that what they think is wrong i truly believe as humans they somewhere deep down understand that they're not they're not really in line with what the world thinks i mean statistically we know they're not in this country you know liberal uh independents and liberals far outweigh republicans uh, you know Republicans in this country, 38, 40%, something like that. Um, this country is, is by far liberal over conservative. But yet 
these people have a voice right now and we know where that voice is coming from we know where that you know that the most supreme power in the land supports them and gives them their voice what would happen if we got a democratic president without any fundamental change to the system here is that they would just all settle down into the ether again they would all go away because they know they don't have a voice anymore and so they'd all just go back to their you know their little racist ways or their little lives that where they can you know stay underground stay level go back to their militias you know whatever but at the moment wow you know they're they're out there i want to take your second music choice who is a neighbor of yours oh great yeah. <laughs> oh um it's a it's a quick funny story um aretha franklin um is buried in a in a, a most beautiful cemetery next to our next to our neighborhood and um her funeral, which was uh, televised, I don't know if they televised it in New Zealand, but it was supposed to take four hours. Bill Clinton was sitting on stage. Uh, he fell asleep because at about hour seven. Um, and and <laughs> the, they had warned us that, um, so I live uh, right next to Woodward Avenue on Detroit. Woodward Avenue is the very first paved road in America. Um, this is the Motor City. It was, it, it is the, the main arterial out of the city if you don't take the freeway. Um, and and so her funeral procession was coming from the church up to the cemetery, which is beside us. And we were told it would be about 5 p.m. between 5 and 6. It ended up being about 1 in the morning and, uh, and, and went for, you know, two or three hours. Um, it was quite a spectacle. Um, it was a huge day. But the funeral, supposed to take four hours, went for about 9 or 10. Um, yeah. And so she's next door to me. But I love this version of the song. I really do.
So we've seen a whole lot of changes over the last few months, both positive and negative. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? Hmm. I hope that the conversation continues. Um, you know, both both the, the House of Representatives and the Senate, uh, you know, both have bills out at the moment for some sort of reform of police. I, I think that the conversation just needs to continue and the energy needs to continue. These are not by a long shot the longest uh, length of protests. You know, there, there have been much longer protests that have lasted weeks, months um, in the past. So I think we have a long way to go. Going back to the perfect storm thing, I, I, I think there's a few things that need to change in this country for, for any sort of serious reform. Uh, and one of those is a change of leadership. Look, look, I, I don't even care if it was another Republican president, but anyone can do better than this one. Anyone needs to, you know, it has to, it's so remedial to say that it comes from the top, but but that's what's happening. Um, it, it has to come from the top. And so there needs to be a big change there. The, the, it's kind of funny, COVID now is, you'd think it hadn't happened. 19,000 people in a stadium tonight and you can guarantee none of them wearing because actually just just in the last week it's become this this cult of personality again right if you if you're wearing a mask you, you don't support the president so that yeah it's it's that's scary mm. you know when when people are just foregoing what they consider to be a fallacy in their mind because someone's telling them to forget about it. I mean, he, the president is incredibly scared of, of losing because <laughs> it will be the end of it will be the end of his life as he knows it when he becomes a private citizen, and he knows that. So everything is on the line for him, and and he's shown already that he will stop at nothing to 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 stay in power and to remain in power. And and we're just winding up here. Like he, he he's got a lot more tricks up his sleeve. I, I think we're starting to see a point where he he doesn't even he doesn't even hide what he thinks anymore. You know, he said this morning on a tweet that any protesters tonight would be handled. I'm um, paraphrasing, but you know, anyone who comes and protests at the rally tonight will be handled violently. You know, th- this that's that's not how America has been run. That's not how people believe America is, and and it, it it's. But it, it, he's he's made it normal. He's normalized that kind of talk, and also you know just destroyed any kind of like reverence of the office of the president. So you know now we can just have a president who gets in there and swears and curses and and calls people idiots and all sorts of profanities because there's no rules around you know etiquette. There's no rules around how nice you have to be as a person to be the president of the United States. Now he's shown seems- that. It seems deliberate. It seems deliberate. The on on day one coming out and saying it was the biggest crowd when it clearly wasn't. It's mm. entirely deliberate to just say basically all of your arguments are rubbish because we're just going to talk garbage and it doesn't matter. Mm. And I I think so. Getting back to McConnell in the courts, that you know he they 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 I mean all Republicans hate him. All all the all the senators, all the House members, they all think he's a complete fool, but he's an amazing distraction for everything that they're getting done underneath mm-hmm. in the voice of in the, in the name of conservatism. You know, I would not listen if this man um, gets another term, it, it will not surprise me that we will see uh, the repeal of gay marriage. We will see 
work to, I mean, there already is work to repeal Roe versus Wade, maybe not repeal it, but just make, you know, chip away at those, at those um, uh, rights and beliefs. We, we will see regression in this country. And, and I fear, and again, I might be a little hyperbolic here, but I fear whether he wins or loses on November uh, 9th this year, is it? I'm sorry, don't quote me on that. Um, or 4th or something like that. I fear that there will be violence, whether he wins or loses. Uh, and then let's not even get started about whether he will actually physically leave the White House or whether he'll be have to force to be removed. This man is a, you know, a... a uh, a malignant narcissist and and so uh he will go to there there's no lengths he won't go to and, and so i fear for uh the next few months i really do i have some questions okay. to end with and not very much time to do them mm. so we'll have to be really quick what's the biggest okay. success you've had in the last couple of years oh just going back to school like i i love it education is wasted on the youth you should go when you're an adult because it's amazing so we're writing a book of uh, these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes, the collection of people doing good work. So you're on our mm. team. What's the superpower that's got mm. you into the mansion? Ooh. Uh, empathy. Em- empathy. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, uh, I, I'm not a good one if I am. I could do a lot more. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> during covid not much um, <laughs> um it's nice to stay in bed and sleep in. what gets me out of bed in the morning um like like education like just learning um broadening my mind um this experience i never thought for a minute that i would be 46 years old and living in michigan living in detroit michigan i don't know how this happened it's amazing i love it um but here i am um and so I, I, I like to make the most of that. How's the art going? The art going? Your husband's art. Oh, the art. Oh, the art. Sorry, art. You have to roll your R's. I don't understand you <laughs> without rolling your R's. Um, he, is a, <laughs> uh, he, he does some amazing work. Am I allowed to plug him? On, Absolutely. On yes. um, you, can go to, <laughs> you can go to takeonheslip.com. It's T-A-C-O-N-H-E-A-S-L-I-P. Dot com and you can see his work it's it's pretty incredible um and and, and you'll see why people ha- have fallen in love with it and and uh, it's 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 and his art is abstract and it's it's not political it's not anything it's so it's so androgynous to all of those things that you can only see happiness and 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 fun in his use of color and and sort of architectural structure and stuff so um yeah check it out it's uh, i'm so proud of him i'm really proud of him it's so what challenge cool. What challenge are you looking forward to in the next couple of years? Um, I think my master's in, uh, I'm going to follow the psychology uh, path. And and so, you know, I have to start thinking about a master's program here. um, And that's my focus for the next couple of years. And and, um, my idea at the moment is to go into into therapy, into psychotherapy. So, and and hopefully work with uh, disadvantaged youth and LGBTQ youth in, in Detroit. So, which there is plenty of. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, broaden your horizons. Uh, watch watch different media. Um, you know, New Zealand's really uh, there's a lot of conservative media in New Zealand being snapped up, and 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 um, I think people just need to read and listen more. And and please don't post stuff on social media about 
how everyone should be colorblind and you're over this. Like um, that, that's, that's not helping. Um, it's not educated. It's not right. Um, all that shows me is that uh, you come from a place of privilege uh, and that you, you don't understand. We all need to do a whole lot more to, to be good allies um, and to be intersectional and to support minorities. Thank you for that. Muera, any thoughts on closing? Um, no, I, I just support that quote at all uh, by Jeremy because that, that's one of our biggest issues, I think, is people think, um, I don't see colour. Actually, that's a big part of the problem is that thinking. Mm. Um, and the need to because it, because the privilege of being born fair skin um, is, gives such a huge advantage and if people don't acknowledge that then it becomes problematic. Thank you. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe to us as well. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakutani and Jeremy Taken in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.